Good morning, greetings, and bless the Lord, saints of God. Welcome to another episode of Triple C Podcast. We bring you greetings and divine love. Let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity for CCC to be up and live, dear God. It is our prayer that, God, you be glorified, that we be edified, and as I like to say, may the devil be horrified because we have not stopped seeking your face. Bless every podcast listener today that they can reap the word 100-fold in return. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, my Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer. And bless every listening ear today that they can receive the engrafted word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, literally, we greet you in divine love. Let's go right into the word of God. Let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, 10 verses today because you have a little background to it and we're going to let the Lord have his way. But Paul to the church at Corinth out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, reading from the King James Version of the Bible, and it reads, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, have shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessel, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. And the last one for today, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Little lengthy, but I believe it has a purpose. This Sunday's podcast is titled in the form of a question. Is your Christian lamp lit or out? Last Sunday, God put in our spirits, don't stop, keep moving. But then you got to think about it. And God has a unique way of, we use the word correlate, which means put together. God has a unique way of putting things together. And you got to remember, children of God, it is always for his glory and for his purpose. One of the things I've tried to do over the last 30 plus years is as I continue to grow in this gospel and still learn to live and love and understand God and seek the face of God in accordance to Matthew 6 and 33, which states, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that all the things that we need that I need shall be added to me. Well, here's the thing about it. Do you determine that you need everything? Or if you were asked the question, what is it in life at the current moment that you really, really, really need that you don't have? And if I believe I had some believing witnesses and we told the truth, we don't lack for anything. 
We desire a lot of things, but we don't lack anything. Now, the, the, the message today ain't about lack or having abundance like most 21st century preachers are preaching, but I believe that we need to understand the calling. And so when I think about what God has said about not stopping and keeping moving, I realize as we live every day, we are surrounded. And the scriptures will talk to that here towards the end. But God gave us a key verse. And I'm going to read the key verse. And then I'm going to expound on what God gave me this morning. And it is my prayer that today's podcast not only be a reminder, but a spiritual uplift and hopefully a piece of motivation that will help you help you become the witness that God would have you to be as we need to be. Verse six is our key verse. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, have shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So think about why you became a Christian. Think about church and think about all the things that you're supposed to be. Now, if you can replay this or go back, but I'm going to give you a couple of verses just as a reference. They're not a, a, a literally thesis, but it's a small snippet of what God has said. David said in, in the book of Psalms 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. You've heard me say that before. Matthew says it this way too. Neither do men light a candle, put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. We live, as I say, a world gone wild, a world that is blinded, the scriptures talk about it, a world that sits in darkness and we have instances where we seem like we know God and talk about God, but we talked about it through the years. You know a tree by what the fruit that it bear. It's not what a person says, it's what a person does. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaking. You can tell that tree by how that tree produces the fruit. You all do know that if you put one bad apple in a bushel, it'll spoil the whole bushel. So that's the same for anything. If the world has people that is tainted of the ways of this world and you keep that tainted piece around you, it's more of them than it is of you. And once it starts to decay and when it starts to rotten, if you're not careful, you will find yourself slipping back to your old ways. You will find yourself not doing what thus say the Lord. Well, guess what? Many folk don't even know what thus saith the Lord mean. Here's what I think that God would have us to be reminded as I go down this path. As I thought about not stopping, if I mount up with wings as eagles and I run and not get weary and I walk and faint not, why am I doing all that? Am I doing it just for myself? Am I doing it just to receive riches, wealth, prosperity, and health? Or am I trying to make sure that I'm not the only person entering to the kingdom of heaven? He says we to preach. Preach what? You've heard me say this before. You don't have to be a licensed or an ordained seminary graduate to preach this gospel. What is the gospel? It's supposed to be the good news of Jesus Christ, that a man can become born again, can be saved from the penalties of sin in this world. I believe that God would have us not, not be reminded of why Jesus hung, bled, and died on that cross. I believe today most clergymen have got agendas so far away from preaching Jesus, 
preaching him crucified and preaching him resurrected. Why? Because they call that that old fire and brimstone preaching. But if you take a broader look, see, oftentimes, let me drop this in your spirit while I'm coming by your way. I always say this at work to those that work with us and work for us. You can't just look at one small spectrum. You got to look at the whole picture. There's a whole lot of things going on around, but if you going on around you, but if you've only got that tunnel vision mentality, you only see the small thing, you've missed everything else that's around you. I believe I've got some witnesses I said last week in my peripheral vision, which means out of the catastrophic corners of your eyes. You're not looking just ahead, but you can see from a 180 panoramic view. God wants you to not be blinded by what's going on in the world. Now, this is what I've said, and I believe I've got a witness, and you're reminded that I've said this before. It's not necessarily everything that's going on around you. It's what's going on inside of you to how you respond and react that's going on around you. Hello, Holy Ghost. So God gave a few things, and I want to see what Paul said to the church at Corinth. Paul to the church at Corinth that he had founded. So when he made his missionary journeys, he would always go back to check on the ministry. He would always go back to check on the people of God. He would always go back because I call it modern day wellness checks. Amen. If you got people that work for you or work with you and you know things are happening, you might want to do a wellness check to make sure people are still moving in the right direction. Sheep have to be herded. Cattle have to be herded. But you can't herd a goat. A goat will do its own thing. A goat will go solo. A goat will climb a car. A goat will climb a fence. A goat will do all kinds of things. You don't want to be a goat. You want to be a sheep under the great shepherd who is Jesus Christ. And then you heard us say in most modern day ministries, I'm the chief shepherd. No, you're called by God if you're called to preach to his sheep because Jesus said, my sheep hear, hear my voice and follow me. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. If I'm not following Christ, you might not want to follow me. But if you're looking through different lenses, you will follow anybody. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. In the form of a question, is your Christian lamb lit or out? First, you got to have uh, a lamp. What is the lamp? The lamp is this word. All 66 books, 39 Old Testament, 27 New. But you can't have it as a book marker. You can't have it as a paperweight. It needs to be an interactive book that's in your life. Not something that's sitting in the back of your automobile riding in the back window or not that traditional big Bible on the, on the coffee table of the old school's house. But you never crack it open. You never look at it. You never read it. You never do what 2 Timothy 2.15 says, which is to study, to show thyself approved unto who? God. Quit trying to prove that you're a Christian to man. You got to give your proof unto God that you're worthy to carry his gospel, carry this good news. You ought to be telling somebody, hey, I know because you're talking to one who was born a mess, but God is making a miracle. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. Let me share what Paul said. Get on this word and then we'll shut down the podcast for today. Is your Christian lamp lit or out? I can't make that decision for you. I can only observe what you do. Oh, hello, Holy Ghost. Here's Paul to the church at Corinth. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, comma, we all have a ministry. 
the ministry of servanthood, the ministry of the gospel, the ministry of love, the ministry of bearing others' burden, the ministry of encouraging others, the ministry of making sure that you be a ministry of helps, not a ministry of hurts. You've heard us say this, hurting people hurt people. Church hurt is the worst hurt. Why? Because if the hospital is supposed to be where you come in and get mended and made whole, but you come in and get beat to death about giving not giving enough money to pave the parking lot or to refurbish the church that never gets refurbished, oh, hello, Holy Ghost, it's questionable. I'll leave that one for a different day. He says what? Therefore, seeing we have ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. God, because of his grace and mercy every day, he allow you to wake up and put your feet. As I like to say, when your eyes hit the ceiling and your feet hit the floor, if God lets you live today, you got another day to do God glory. Amen. We faint not. Why? Because God gives you your energy. To not faint when you get depleted in life, God is the renewal. God is the restorer. He's the one. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. We should learn to, to denounce, as the scripture just said, the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. What does that mean? It can mean a lot of different things. Many people handle this word because they make it for profit. Buying all those things. No, I'm not talking about buying Bibles because we do live in an age that you got to buy materials to make different things. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about you, the minister, the ministry. In that regard, God did not and does not want his ministry become a den of thieves. He didn't want the church to become a place for profit as an organization. It should be for people and not for profit. But here it is. I call it this way. We are in the business of human capital. Human capital is making sure we deposit the spiritual things of God that you can be stable in the midst of a dark world. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. I want to be impressionable in your mind to leave the fruit of God. And it's the good fruit that remain. It's the fruit that tastes delicious. It's the fruit that enlightens your mind. It's the fruit that blesses you. It's the fruit that gives you what you need. It's the fruit that helps you. That's what I'm talking about. That's what God wants us to do in that regard. He says this, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Lost where? In this world. It's lost that don't know Jesus Christ. It's lost because they don't understand. It's lost because they've been blinded by the world's deceit. They've been blinded by what they hear, by what they see. Here's what it says in verses three and four. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God lowercase g. Read it for yourself when you get a chance. The God of this world have bonded the minds of them which believe not. People say that they don't believe in God, but it's mighty strange. Let something happen. The quickness come out of them. Oh, God. Well, if you don't believe in God, why are you calling on God? Ah, are they calling the God capital G or the God lowercase g? You got to make a determination. He said this, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I'm going somewhere and believe it or not, I won't be much longer. For we preach not ourselves. Think about what I'm saying. Verse five, before I get to the key verse, this is what Paul told the church. 
for we preach not ourselves. Why is it Antoine Sharp Ministries? Why is it all about my name and my ministry? Why is it about come take a cruise with me and my ministry? Why is it about you come to this ministry where all the anointing is? Why is it always about you need to come here and sow seed into good soil that you can reap a reward 100 fold in return as if God is not everywhere at all times? Don't be deceived, child of God. I've told you all, if you believe me, if you don't believe me, I get it. There is not a spot where God is not. Wherever you are, God is. But you got to believe it by faith, not by sight. Because God allows earthly things to be destroyed all around us every day. But in Christ, you will never be destroyed. But you got to believe it. You can't just hear it. You got to receive it. You got to believe it. And then you got to walk in it. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. Verse five says, for we preach not ourselves. So watch them preachers that always travel to city after city after city like Reverend Ike in the 60s and was preaching themselves and preaching themselves escalated and elevated. And then if you're not careful, you will make them your mini God instead of the real God. And you will find yourself sowing to them and they get better while you either remain the same or live worse. Because they prophesy, hello, and tell you if you sow a certain amount and in 30 days, you watch what God going to do. But at the 31st day, nothing happens for you, but they go from city to city, profit to profit, profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, to profit. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. Here's what he said here, and then we'll get right onto this word and give me what God gave you, and I'll give you what God gave me, and then I believe God will bless you hopefully today. He said it this way, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, this is Paul talking, your servants for Jesus' sake. After his conversion from Saul to Paul, a Christian killer to a Christian liver, and a preacher of Jesus Christ, that men could be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Spirit. What a great, great, great transition. As I've said it this way, oh, the difference a day will make in the eyes of God. You got to be prepared. So remember the question, is your Christian lamp lit or out? Let's move on. Here's the key verse for today. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of what darkness, have shined in our hearts first and foremost to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The glory is not your glory. It's the glory of God. It's the glory of the reigner, ruler, supreme. It's the glory that his son, Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, hung, bled, and died on the cross that you could one day live in paradise when your earthly body turns to dust and your spirit man gets caught up to be with God. But before that peace, Jesus had to come back that the Holy Spirit could reside in you that if you do what Romans 8 and 14 said, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, 
capital G. They are the sons of God. See, God ain't never said you're not going to have a difficult day. God never said you're not going to have a W-E-A-K day. God has never said that you're not going to never cry another day in your Christian life. God has never said in his word that because you are Christian, you will never suffer difficulty. God has never promised you because you are a believer that everybody's going to love you. God has never said in the word because you've accepted his son, Jesus Christ, you can walk on streets of ease down here in this life. He never said in his word that your streets down here are paved with gold. He never said down here that you're going to occupy houses that you did not build. He didn't say that. He talked about occupying a house that he's already built for you in glory. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. But then I asked the question again, is your Christian lamp lit or is it out? Here's what he said, and then I'm going to describe some things, and then we'll close. There's a few things that God gave me. Satan, in verse 4, who's the God of this world? The devil, Beelzebub, Satan himself, Lucifer, son of the morning, the one who was kicked out of glory. Because you got to remember, child of God, when God created the angels, he also gave them the ability to make a choice. They are created beings just like us, designed differently, but created by the same master. He's the God of this world that has enough power if you weak, if you're W-E-A-K every day, he can blind you in this world to the point where you won't see God for the midst, in the midst of your problems. You won't see God still love you in spite of what you've done. See, if you're not careful, the devil will have you dead, dry, and disconnected. Disconnected from who? The true power source. He'll have you like he's got those in the world. Let me drop something in your spirit while I'm driving by the street. You got to think about it. A double-minded man, according to the book of James chapter 5, is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man ask anything of God, capital G. But see, here's what I'm talking about. You got to watch a person's behavior. You got to watch and see, are they consistently walking with God or are they moved by every wind of doctrine? Are they moved? Today, they're happy. Today, they're sad. Today, they got joy. Today, they're frustrated. You got to understand, I said it this way. I fully believe that happiness is what a part of the human mind is a part. Happiness is a factor of the human emotions. But joy, in accordance to Galatians, is a fruit of God's spirit. It's a manifestation that's embedded in you because of your belief in Jesus Christ. So Satan is the God of this world. That's established. The second thing he said to me is this. God's command. That's the key verse. God gives us a command. This light is supposed to be in you, not just around you. The light shouldn't be every time you go to church, but you pissed off on the way to church. You have happy hour and you get happy at the at the Christian bar, I'll call it. And then long as you're in the house of God, you feel like in the presence of God. But as soon as you leave the presence of God, you revert back to the old you ticked off from the what? From the White House to the church house to our house. Here it is. I've seen them. When I used to, when we was out in different cities traveling in the military, people would drive up fussing and fighting and some of them people just so happened to be in the choir. They would get out fussing, get in the building and flip on that spiritual switch and then they're singing to the glory of God and realizing it's really not in them. I'm only asking, I'm not claiming. Are they showing for real? 
Are they singing because they got joy in their spirit or they love getting the notoriety of being in the choir? Preachers from the podium, if you don't get your 15 minutes of fame, you sit up on the podium like you're sucking on a sour lemon. Why? Because until you get the mic, you're not really in the ministry. Or are you just there to be a pulpiteer? Are you there so that you can get the mic to preach to the people? Or are you striving to preach wherever you are? Because I just told you, wherever you are, God is. There is not a spot where God is not. See, my real ministry wasn't when the preacher would give me the podium. The real ministry is how I live every day. And understanding that what? I don't learn, uh, as, as many, I do learn this, that I don't cross every T and dot every I, but I strive to seek the face of Jesus Christ. Let me give you these last couple of points and then we'll close the podcast. I hope I'm helping somebody along the way today in the form of a question. Is your Christian lamp lit or is it out? God commands the light to shine where? Out of darkness. That means we're surrounded by darkness. What did he deposit it in in the verse? He, it shines in our heart. It should shine in your heart first. Whether I'm prompted to tell you who I am, you should just observe that something's different about how I carry myself. I ain't got to always test a lie or try to tell you how saved I am or how anointed I am or how much power I got. I just have to be. And when I learn to be, God will get the glory. In where? In my hearts. Why? For the glory of God and in Christ Jesus. The whole Christianity umbrella is not about how much you can acquire in this life. It's about how much you can give an unsaved world, Jesus Christ. Now, remember this, and I will digress for a second. Everybody's not going to go to seminary. Every now, everybody's not going to be a deacon. Everybody's not going to have a title by their name. But everybody, and I'll say it this way, if you go back and research the word preach, every one of us is a blood-washed Christian if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you are a preacher of the good news of God in Christ Jesus. You ought to share this gospel. And maybe you're not a big talker. Maybe you're not one like myself who God's given the gift of gab, but maybe you're one that walk in such a way that people just know something different about you. But when they do get to know you and you do warm up and you do talk, they find that your heart is bigger than life itself. And they realize that you will give them God, country, moon, and stars. See, everybody ain't going to be. And I'll tell you, and Tanya tell you this, like I tell you, 8 to 80, blind, crippled, and crazy, I'm always going to do what? Every night, I'm going to lay down on a cushion of comfort, sleep on a pillow of peace, under sheets of satisfaction. Why? I don't make many strangers, but here's the difference. Everybody ain't my friend, and I know that. Here's what I am. I am this. I'm going to be as best I can, all things to all people, if I can. Here's my motto, and I'm going to move on and almost close. If I can't help you, I'm surely not going to try to hurt you. I would rather stay in my lane, shut my mouth, do what I got to do, and get out of your way so that you can do whatever you think you need to do if I'm a hindrance to your life. Let me get ready to close this podcast. Hopefully I'm helping somebody along the way. When I realized the glory of God supposed to be in me, here's what I've learned now after 37 years of ministry. <clears throat> I'm learning that the perfecting of God is not over. It's still growing, but I have to have a fire and a desire to want to be with God 
because God already purposed that he wants to be with me. I have to realize that while I was yet a sinner, Jesus Christ died for me. Why? So that I could one day live in the mansion that he's already prepared. Remember he said, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. Where I am, there you may be also. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I'd have told you. I'm not trying to work down here for a mansion up there. That mansion was already made for free because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But there's a purpose while we're still down here. Let me close this way. When I look at seven through 10, it reminds me of where we are. In closing today, people of God, when we talk about the command of God and the light, when I ask myself the question, is my Christian lamp lit or is it out? I'm asking myself first and foremost. When I get up and as, as I like to say, when my eyes hit the ceiling and my feet hit the floor, is my light already started up? Do I get ready to go to work? Do I walk in with, with my face of disgust or do I catch my breath understanding that I live in a world gone wild? that no matter wherever I am, problems are, no matter whether we're remote working or we're in the building, trouble is everywhere. But the Bible says trouble don't last always. What is the trouble? The trouble is what the devil and all of the fallen angels, a third of them, will bring into your life. But God said, I will give you peace, which will, pass, will surpass all human understanding. God said, I'll give you joy that the world will never give you. What is he trying to tell you? This is how he's telling me. When I look at verses 7 through 10, he describes just a good small composite of where we are. This is what he said in 7 through 10, and I'm closing. But, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. It ain't about you. It ain't about me. It's about the God in you, the God in me. But this is what he said, and this is for everybody. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. What am he trying to tell me? He's trying to tell me this. Though I live in a world gone wild, I understand that all around me are my haters. But then I got to realize that, like I've told you, do I have an eagle crow mentality? What am I trying to tell you? I'm encouraging you, child of God, to make sure that you turn your lamp on and not just have it on, but turn it up. So why? That those who walk in darkness can see their way out of their trouble. Sometime in conclusion, God made you to be the light bearer. You're the one that God says, I put them in your life for a reason. If you walk steady in this apostolic power, you are the light. The word of God is in you. And that word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway. Here's what God said. You tell them, if you can't get them out, I know somebody that can. You got to be like Shadrach and Meshach and the Bendigo. When the fires of life are turned up seven times hotter, you just got to make sure sure that you're one carrying the lantern and the light. You're going through the caves of troubles of life and you're the one leading the way because you're led by the spirit of God. You know that everybody on the train don't know Jesus, but God wants to use you to advocate who he is. You've got to tell somebody.
somebody. He's the one that was, who is, and is to come. You got to tell somebody. I know somebody. You may be broke, busted, and can't be trusted. You may be dead, dry, and disconnected, but I know somebody who can make your midnight into midday. I know somebody who can give you joy that the world can't give. I know somebody who can give you abundantly above all that you ask and or think. I know somebody that your money can't buy happiness. I know somebody. He's a doctor that's what? Never lost a patient. He's a lawyer that's never lost a case. You've got to tell somebody, though the world will slay me, yet will I trust God. You've got to tell somebody, I want to let my light so shine that people can see the work of God. God and give him the glory. What am I trying to tell you? I'm asking you to turn on your light. If it's been dead, dry, disconnected, or dim because life has burdened you down, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to shake it off, strike a match because what? He's the God that doesn't need no matches because he's fire all by himself. When you let God be the fire in your life, he can become the raging inferno that will let a dying world know I I know somebody that can save you from you. Sometimes you got to help save people from themselves. Hello, Holy Ghost. I'm asking the question as we close today. Is your Christian lamp lit or is it out? If it's out, get back in line with God. Plug back into the power source of God through Jesus and the Holy Ghost and you watch what God's going to do. Let's learn to walk in the light. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for another opportunity of Christian podcast uh, broadcasting. God, we thank you for CCC. It is our desire, God, that you help us to learn. As the old songwriters say, we got to learn to walk in this light. God bless everybody under the sound of my voice. And dear God, when we prepare to conclude until we come back again, may the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. And let every recipient of CCC podcast be blessed, be encouraged. Oh, God, let them not be dismayed and let them not be uh, latent by the world's sin, but be lightened by your word. Bless every podcaster now in Jesus Christ's name. Help us, God, to walk in the light. Until next time, this is Tony signing off from Triple C Podcast. Be blessed. God bless you.
Good morning, greetings, and bless the Lord, saints of God. Welcome to Triple C Podcast, another episode this Sunday, the 10th of September, 2023. Let's open with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to read your word, to study your word, to repeat your word. Dear God, it is my prayer, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, my Lord, my strength and my redeemer, and that every podcast listener, Father God, current and future, be blessed by the word of God. May you, God, be glorified. May we, the people of God, be edified. As I often ask, may the devil be horrified because we haven't quit. Bless now this podcast in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, literally, greetings in divine love this morning. Let's go ahead and get started. Jump right into the word of God. Uh, God, literally, this is hot off the wire, people of God. First John, 1 John chapter 5, starting at verse 4. I'm going to read through verse 11. God gave me a few things, and we're going to let the Lord have his way. And I hope this will be an encouragement, a reminder, refresher, or something that will cause you to just know that God is God. So out of 1 John chapter 5, starting at verse 4, and it reads, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear record, that bear witness, excuse me, in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God have the witness in himself. He that believeth not God have made him a liar. Because he believeth not the record that God gave his Son. And I'll ask before today. And this is the record that God have given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. May God bless us all, the readers, hearers, and doers of his most holy word. God gave me a title, and I had a flurry of different things moving through my spirit early this morning. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you never, you know, I never know what you would have me say unto your people and the believers, dear God. But I understand it's got to first speak to me. The title of this Sunday's podcast is in the form of a question. Victim or victor? Which one are you? Victim or victor, which one are you? John is our author. He's speaking to us, the people of God. I can go back 2,000 years, but it's pertinent. It's valid. It's real. I, I realized some things. In life, we continuously are in a grind. You've heard me use the word, I'm always striving to be on my grind. Well, that grind can be described as many different things. But in this world, we are always associated with something. 
the enemy, you think I'm not going to say it? Yes, I'm going to say it again today. John chapter 10, verse number 10. There is a thief, people of God. His whole mission is not only to just steal, to kill, and to destroy. His goal is to separate you from any belief that God is your God and that God is real. If you're not careful, it's easy to become distracted by the dictates of life. Life, as I said, oftentimes could suck, but God is good. Now many would say, well, God is good all the time. Well, God is good all the time. But as I've said through the podcast, God has never promised in his word because whenever you accepted Jesus Christ and prayerfully you have, if not today, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But in that acceptance, in that confession, profession, confession, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you saved by your spirit, you saved by faith, not by your works. He never promised that because of that conversion, you're never going to have a difficult week day, W-E-A-K day. I believe I've got some witnesses in the house. He's never said that because you accept my son that you ain't never got to worry about having tearful days. I don't believe that God has ever said because you're now a Christian under the umbrella of Christendom, you're exempt from ever, ever having uh, more month than money. I, I don't believe that God has ever said because you've accepted Jesus Christ, everybody going to love everything about you. I don't believe it to be true. I, I do believe that God says that they persecuted Jesus and because of your belief, you too will be persecuted. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. So I look at where we are, and here it is. I oftentimes ask myself in the course of my day, and Tanya could testify. We, on occasion, looking back over my military life, there were some things and times and people, and she will testify this as a truth I believe under Oh, There were some people that just hated me that didn't even know me. We witnessed it, and I, I wondered, what did I do to these people, I've always tried to just be me. And I'm pretty sure I'm speaking to the choir here. You've always just tried to be you. Now, granted, unfortunately, there are many in life today don't quite know who they are yet. Many wonder what's their purpose in life. What's their calling of God? What's their anointing? Uh, God has deposited in Jesus Christ all the fullness of the Godhead, which if you are a believer, it resides in you. It can manifest from you if you don't quench it. Maybe you're one of those ones who's talking yourself out of a miracle. Maybe you're one of those ones who's a negative uh, Norman, a negative Nancy, a negative Naomi. Maybe that's you. you use, I use the, the ends in, in that regard. Maybe you're a doubting Thomas. Maybe you're one of those ones who just have a problem seeing God bringing you through the midst of your mess. Maybe you've allowed all the voices that surround you, spiritual Peter, to cause you to be distracted. That every time God bids you to come, as soon as you start to come, you stumble and you fall and you don't get back up. As Don McClurkin said in the song, you get back up seven times and you keep trying. 
Maybe you've given up on God. Maybe you're one of those that went to church early on in your life and had a horrible church experience and you've been mad at God ever since. Maybe you ran up against one of them foul-mouthed preachers, one of them dirty deacons, one of them uh, desperate uh, deaconesses that done had some things. And maybe you've had an experience where you was in the choir and the choir wasn't even real. They was all a bunch of hypocrites, but they could sing. Maybe you've had an experience where you went to one of them conferences and they told you to sow $39.39 and in 39 days your miracle will come and manifest. Maybe you've been and you've been testified to. I don't know. But what I'm trying to tell you is you've got to look beyond some of the things that the world has propagated and put before you and get to this truth. I do believe I've got some biblical Bible believing witnesses. God said that and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. What does that mean? That means when you learn who God is, and I believe this passage of scripture should clarify who the record is. I believe today's passage should give you excitement to let you know that you have an opportunity like no other. Amen. So let me go on. There's a few things that God gave me and I'm going to share this with you. And I hope that God will light a fire under your feet, not to try to become a millionaire, not to have the three P's position, prestige and power, maybe not to be the one who's always seen and looked to as the one who is everything. Sometimes folk that are more powerful that don't say nothing. There are some people who are consistently walking with God and you've never heard a word from them. Maybe everybody don't have the gift of gay. Everybody don't talk like me. Now I'm asking you too, but you got to understand, you got to get to know who you are. I've always said it this way, child of God, and I'll move on. You've got to know what, who you are and who you are. See, early on, I started learning who I was. My first 10 or more years of ministry, I tried to live in a glass box bubble kind of something, trying to be something that you think the people want you to be. But then if you're not careful, you will be so heavily minded that you're no earthly good. What does that mean? That means you become heavily high minded that you're so uppity that you don't even know how to testify. You, you become so super spiritual that you lose your family. You become so deep in the word. And, well, I know what I'm talking about. I was with a brother in North Carolina years and years and years ago. Devout Christian. Let me digress for a quick second. He studied three, four, five hours a night. He was very pristine in his dress. He did everything by the numbers. He did everything by the book. But he was so spiritual. He couldn't even watch TV with his family. He was so deep in the Lord that he lost his wife and his children because he was so spiritual, didn't realize that they was watching his every move. He got so super spiritual that he lost his relationship with his wife and his children. Don't let that be you. God already know your flaws. God already knew who you are. God made you. He's allowed you to be who you are. Why you want to perpetrate that you're something that you may not be? God already know what you're going to do before you do it. He already know what you're going to say before you say it. He already knows what you're thinking before you think it, because that's what makes him God. I'm not present. I'm not potent, all knowledgeable, all powerful. See, when you learn to realize who God is, capital G, reigner, ruler, supreme, then you are foundationally on your way to having spiritual success. Amen. 
Let me move on this morning. So the, the, the topic in the form of a question, victim or victor, which one are you? You ain't got to answer to me. And if you could, if you was in a, in, in a room with me, you could then speak out and raise your hand and I could look out into the crowd and I can see because I can see when I used to be out there in the public venue, I could see oftentimes when the light bulb came on. I mean, as I'm scouring the crowd, as God is giving his word, you're looking through and then you can tell when somebody gets it, not because I'm asking you to say amen, not because I'm saying I wish I had a witness. I'm saying because when you put forth this word, you don't have to ever ask anyone anybody to just pump you up or make you some, have a cheerleader. But when you put this gospel out in the public, God said his word goes out and never returns to him void. What does that mean? It will set forth and accomplish everything that God intends for it to do. Let me drop this in your spirit while I'm driving by your street. Here's the awesomeness of God. That God can take one person, he can frame a passage of scripture or a word or a verse, and it can speak to multiple people of various age groups, ethnicities, denominations. That's how awesome God is. A podcast could reach a thousand people that one person couldn't reach by him or herself. That's how awesome God is. So are you a victim? I hope it registers as you're listening to the podcast. Or are you a victor? Amen. Think about what you go through. Think about instances in your life. Think about when you face with uncertain challenges or pop-up problems. Hello, Holy Ghost. I'm talking about a problem that came out of nowhere. And, and trust me, I'm talking about what I know. You, you do your best. And one of the things that Ty and I, we would say, we're just trying to stay in our lane. Mind our business, do what thus say the Lord, do our job to meet our obligations, pay our bills, bless our children, bless our grandchildren, thank you, Lord, in that regard. And yet the enemy still comes. Why? Because you are spiritual target, child of God. What makes you think that you you following somebody like a Joel Osteen who never gives you biblical balance, who always wants to make it seem like you would never have a difficult day, that every story is a great uh, uh, storyline that you tiptoeing through the tulips and you never have a rough day? Let me drop some in your spirit, child of God. We in the army of the living God, and in the army, we're going to stay in battle. You got to have a made-up mind. Amen. To know that you are a victor and not a victim. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. So here's what I was doing as I went through roughly this morning. And God said, and, and you've heard me say that Webster said, but this morning I look in Oxford. The Oxford language says it this way. The definition of a victim is a person who is tricked or duped. But a victor is a person who defeats an enemy or an opponent in a battle, game, or other competition. You can define whatever your scenario is. You can write your storyline. It's your story. You can tell it however you want to. But I'm telling you, the, def the, the definition of a victor equals to also being a winner, a champion, a conqueror, a hero, or a medalist if you were going through some type of competition. I believe that we're in the competition of our lives fighting against an enemy that you cannot see, but you can definitely experience. It's called spiritual warfare. 
In spiritual warfare, if you are a believer and you believe that a third of the angels got kicked out of heaven because they chose to listen to Lucifer, son of the morning, hello, Holy Ghost, and he tried to overthrow God's position and God is a jealous God and God said there'll be no other God other than him. You have to be a believer that God is. Now, like I said before, and I'll go on record, if you don't believe nothing the Bible says, if you don't believe as a believer, none of this is applicable to you. But if you said you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you believe in and you're learning to walk with God, you're studying in accordance to 2 Timothy 2.15, which says, study to show thyself approved unto God, not man. Uh, uh, amen. To study the show of who under God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed to rightly divide the word of truth. If you the person who's doing what Matthew 6 and 33 says, but 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 seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And verses 30, 31 up will say everything you need, God knows. You ain't got to beg, borrow, or steal. God's got all your provisions made. Because if you also a believer that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, you believe that you will never be a seed that'll go hungry or beg bread. Now, he may not come all the time when you think he should come, but he will come right when it's needed. Amen. So here we are. Here's a couple of things. God gave me three analogies to give you, and then we will stop this morning. And I pray that I'm helping somebody along the way. Are you a victim or a victor? Which one are you? Well, the first thing is, in order to be a victor, you must be born again. If you don't believe none of this Bible is real, if you've not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you don't believe that God raised Jesus from the dead in the third day and that he has all power. If you don't believe that Jesus Christ went down into the earth to retrieve the keys from hell, death, and the grave, I get it. None of this is applicable to you. I get it. If you just one of those, uh, Christmas, Mother Day, and Easter kind of Christians, if you're just a trifecta of a believer that you only go two or three times or you really don't study, you don't look at a Bible, you don't read a daily bread, you don't look at the Bible app on your phone, when you studying on TikTok or on YouTube, you never come across a Bible verse, I get it. If that's you, this don't apply to you, but this does apply to any and everybody who wants to grow in the biblical knowledge of God. This does apply to any one of you that believe that God is your Lord, your Savior, and your all in all. Even with your nasty self, you stand and believe that God, the Bible says, all has sinned and come short of the glory of God. If it had not been for Jesus dying on the cross, you and I would have not have a right to the tree of spiritual life. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. So the first thing is to be a victim. Then you can determine. I'm talking to victors right now. But then if you're a victim, I'll get to that as well. If you're a victor, you got to secondly, you got to walk in a now faith. Well, what am I saying, preacher? You got to believe it this way. If you're going to be a victor and not a victim, Hebrews 11 and 1 says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Slide down to verse six, and he says it this way. But without faith, 
it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You go back and read all of Hebrews chapter 11. It's, it's, the, it's the, uh, the archive of faith for those that walk with God. So the first thing is you must be born again. All of this is applicable. The second thing is, is you, you got to walk in the now faith. You can't, you can't believe that, that God ain't going to never do it. You've got to make up in your spiritual mind that you stand on the promises of God. And the promises of God are yea and in him, amen. See, you, you have a tendency of wanting to believe a human being, a man, because you can see that man. See, that's what faith is. You've got to believe in God whom you have not seen, Thomas, spiritual Peter. You've got to believe by his word. Let me close out with this. Here's the last point. And I'll get into the word again. This is what he says. If you, if you go to first John chapter five, when, when we're talking about overcoming for whatsoever is born of, of God, capital G overcometh the world. The world is not your friend. People that believe in the world ain't never purpose to be a blessing to your life. The people in this world don't decide to make sure that you're fed, that you're clothed, that you're healed when you're sick, that you're picked up when you're down, when you're broken, you become mended. The world could give two, two coins about you. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I just read from Hebrews 11. Even your faith, you've got to decide in your mind, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to stand and believe that God is. And I put semicolon, it's not a hard pause, but a semicolon. When you stand to believe that God is, you can finish with whatever God is, whatever your situation is. You can, you can say that God is your bridge, what? Over troubled water. Trouble's been in your life for the last 60 days, but yet you've got to make up in your mind that I can walk over my situation. I can walk over my difficulty because my God is a bridge over troubled water. You can also make up in your mind that God is your food in a hungry land. You you know that God's got food in your refrigerator. You've got food in your cupboard, but I'm talking about the kind of food that don't perish. I'm talking about the kind of the food that'll make you stand in the midst of life's war. I'm talking about the kind of food that will give you the kind of nourishment and give you the kind of pep in your step and the ounce in your bounce that you can stand in the midst of difficult days. I'm sitting here looking in here. Here's what he said to me, I'm, and, and I'm almost done this morning. When I looked at this word, it just leaped out at the page, amen, like, like, like money falling from heaven. It's like manna from on high. It's like God providing quail to the children of Israel. That was could have taken 11 days, but, but you knew what they did because of their disobedience. They took over 40 years. Is that you? God's been trying to tell you to get you out, but you so stuck on what somebody else said. Them preachers will tell you, look to your neighbor and tell your neighbor to say, don't look to me and try to tell me anything. I want to do what Jesus did for it is written, devil. Get thee behind me, Satan. Why? You mean me no good. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. Verse five says it this way, and I'm going to conclude here in just a second. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believes that Jesus Christ is the son of God? You've got to believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. You, you can't be wishy-washy with the word. You can't be waving every time I say something different. If you don't go back, you need to verify what, 
with thus say the Lord. When people say they got a word from God, if they consider themselves a prophet or a prophetess, the female version, if it never comes to pass, they are a false prophet, child of God. This is he that came by water and by blood. That's what happens when a woman gives birth. You've got to understand that even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but what? By water and blood when he was born from Mary, but then he hung, bled, and died, and the blood came streaming down. And it is the Spirit, capital S, read it for yourself, that bears witness because the Spirit is truth. Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away. If I don't go, he will not come. But when he, the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you, guide you, and teach you in all truth. The Holy Spirit is an acceptance in the inner man inside yourself. Hey, help us, Holy Ghost. Here's what it says here in conclusion. And this is my last point. For there are three that bear record, remember that word, in heaven. The Father, the Word, John said in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word dwelt among us, talking to the disciples. That Word was Jesus. And the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. So if anybody tell you the three are not one, they're a liar and the truth ain't in them. If they come preaching any other gospel, let them be accursed. I'm coming to tell you that this unadulterated and unfiltered truth will do something to your soul if you will believe. Now, I close this morning by saying it this way. Let me repeat the, repeat the first two and I'll close with the third one. The first thing of being a victor and not a victim, you must be born again. You must be born again and believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. The second thing is you've got to walk in and now faith. You've got to shake the dust off your feet. You've got to tell all your haters to take a bleep bleep seat and you've got to believe God now. You've got to believe God now for what's coming tomorrow. You've got to believe God now in the book of James. There was a man, there was two men, by the way, that said they were going to a city to buy, sell, and get gain. But the author says, if it be the Lord's will, you got to understand something. You can plan by yourself, but I guarantee you, child of God, your plan will fail. But if the Lord sets a foundation, if God sets the plan, you will be a victor and not a victim. I close this morning by saying it this way. And the third thing is this, you have to to believe the record. What record, preacher? This is what he said. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three that bear witness in earth, the spirit, and the water, and the blood, these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his son. He that believeth on the Son of God have the witness in himself. He that believeth not God have made him a liar. So when somebody tell you they don't believe in God, they're a liar and everything else that comes out of their mouth. Because he that believeth not the record that God gave his son. And this is the record 
that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in his son. What am I trying to tell you in conclusion? You've got to not only believe and be born again in Jesus, you've got to walk in a now faith, and lastly, you have to believe the record. You've got to believe what? That God's gonna do it. You've got to believe when you're hungry, God will feed you. You've got to believe when God says, if you're naked, he'll clothe you. If, you, if you're a believer in God, God will turn your mess into a miracle. If you're a believer in God, God will turn your midnight into midday. God can take your tragedy and make it triumphal. If you believe that God, God is, the Bible says, as I close, that God is able to do abundantly above all that you can ask or think. I'm talking to somebody this morning who's had a difficult day yesterday. I'm talking to somebody who's been lied to all week. I'm talking to somebody who's been wondering how you're going to meet your mess, how you're going to get your miracle made, how you're going to realize because you got more month than money. I'm talking to somebody who's been looking around and ain't anybody there to encourage you. But I'm telling you, you've got to stir up the gift of God inside of yourself and you've got to believe that I'm a victor and not a victim. I close this morning by saying God is trying to make believers, not beggars. Are you a winner or are you a whiner? You've got to believe that God is your all in all. You've got to believe that God and God said it, that settles it. You've got to stand on this truth. God's going to do it for you. Now, I'm asking you now, as we conclude this Sunday morning, can you believe that you are a victor, a person who will defeat an enemy? You are a winner in the battle of your opponent. Can you believe that you are a winner, a champion, a conqueror? Can you believe that you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus? Or will you take the opposite ends of clothes? Are you a whiner? Are you one who will never win? Are you one who's broke, busted, and can't be trusted? Are you one that's always wondering? Are you the one that's looking around and you're coveting your neighbor's house? You're jealous of that paper tag. Are you the one? Are you going to be the one that get all the way to the gate and get denied interest because you said that you gave your money, you sold your seed, you was there when they opened, you was there when they closed. Every time the preacher was there, you sold a seed because you believed believe in his word and yet get all the way to the gate and get denied interest because the word says, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. I didn't know you back when you was testifying in Baptist training unit. I didn't know you when you testified in Sunday school. I didn't know you when you was at Wednesday night Bible study, repeating the line, telling lies. But you, the one who told the truth, the one who who says that people say you last, but God said the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Are you the one that's going to look across and stick your finger in the pool to part, to cool their parched tongue because they've been liars from the beginning? Are you a victim or are you a victor? I choose victory. I believe that God's going to do it. I got victory in Jesus. Let's close this morning's podcast with a prayer. Heavenly Father, there's an older song. There's many songs. But God, I'm believing you for victory. Somebody needs a win, God. 
Somebody right now been struggling. Somebody's tired. Their body's weary. They've been getting headaches, dear God. Somebody's feeling broken. Somebody's bruised. Somebody's bad. Life has not been good and they need a change, God. I'm speaking, God, that somebody can get on their knees and look towards heaven and get their deliverance. I'm asking you today in the name of Jesus to make them a victor and not a victim. Bless somebody under the sound of my voice with this Triple C podcast. And dear God, we thank you and we'll be so ever careful how we utilize the power of your name. Bless somebody today in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's just a little something that God shared me. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I'm believing he's going to do it. I don't know the you that God's talking to. I don't know the day nor the hour. I don't know what's going on, but God says this. You got to believe that God can do it. When you walk your property line, when you're on your way to work, when you're sitting with your headphones on, you got to say this. Hallelujah. You sit at the middle in the midst of your midnight madness and you wondering how you're going to make it through. You can't sleep at night and you're wondering what's going to happen. When is it going to get relieved? When is it going to change? God said, this is what the songwriter said. That's what he's going to do. I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody's been crying every day. You've been struggling, you've been straining, your mama's gone, your big mama gone, your papa gone, your daddy done died, and you wonder. God said, this is the somebody said. You got to believe that God is bigger than whatever situation that you're going through. You got to understand that God is a miracle worker. I'm looking for some radical. No matter what, don't you quit. Don't you give up. You trust God.